Hello and welcome to the We Love Betting Weekend Preview in association with Gambler. Hi guys, hope you're well. Uh, it's Thursday night, my name's Mark O'Hare from We Love Betting and I'm here to try and uh, steer the ship towards some weekend value from the Premier League and Europe and with me as ever to discuss the odds, the lines and the markets is my good friend Tom Love. How's it going buddy? Yeah, not so bad, thank you, mate. Really nice to have a bit of a break after a real, really um, <laughs> pressurised time, really, for anyone involved with football. It's, it's been absolutely non-stop with the Champions League, Europa League, and the fact that that's coming every single week at the minute is, um, yeah, it, it puts a lot of time constraints on the roof, so it's really nice to actually have a bit of a break with these internationals and kind of recharge, uh, have a look at your data, um, kind of compare and contrast different teams and trends. You've got some time to really dig into the weekend, which is really refreshing. Um, so yeah, absolutely buzzing to get going, but it's, it's all going to start again. There's more Champions League coming. Um, so yeah, it was a much needed break, but um, one that I've uh, really enjoyed actually. Yeah, I'd echo those thoughts. Always good to sort of rest, refresh, readjust your ratings and, and have a look at what we've seen so far and try and predict the future with a bit more time on your hands. Um, and anyway, with us, as always, is uh, is the penalty professor himself, Will Dyer. How's it going, mate? <laughs> yeah, good, thank you. Uh, nice to nice to have the top flight uh, domestic football back. Uh, it's been a bit drab without that. Um, yeah, but league football never went away completely and it's been horrible watching as a Swindon fan. <laughs> um, yeah, good to good to focus on other things. Yeah, not been a, a great couple of weeks for the old Wilshire lads, is it? With a yeah, flagship manager leaving, uh, a dubious managerial appointment coming in, and a couple Definitely. of rotten results as well. So, uh, hopefully, things improve for you, Will. But um, <laughs> anyway, we're here to talk betting. Um, we're going to jump straight into the big games this weekend, uh, starting in the Premier League before moving on to Europe, and then we'll get the guys' best bets which is what you're all after. But uh, the standout fixture, well, it was quite up for debate, actually. I've heard differing views. We've actually chosen to cover Tottenham's game against Manchester City on Saturday evening. Jose against Pep, renewal. Uh, Spurs are 33-10 to 10 to win. That's 4.3. Man City are 1.83. That's 5-6 to 6 to win in the capital. Um, I can understand City's prices. Uh, the bookies always keep them very short, knowing the potential that's in their ranks. Um the Spurs, they're going quite well at the moment. Uh, quite a soft schedule, admittedly, but still, I feel like this is probably the, the litmus test for, for where Tottenham are under Mourinho, uh, this new look Tottenham. Um, personally, I wouldn't be touching City at the prices. I still think there's a smidgen of value there in Spurs avoiding defeat, uh, also against quotes. Uh, I also think there's value in opposing goals, and I think you're on similar lines there, Tom. So, uh, yeah, explain away to us. Yeah, absolutely. I think that Mourinho this season has been quite... Well, and towards the end of last season, to be fair, he's kind of even not got a real handle on his defence or he's kind of altered his style a little bit um, because Spurs games have actually been quite goal-laden in the main. Um, obviously, the last game was a 1-0 win at West Brom. Um, and I think that he's going to revert to type here, to be fair. He won't want to give Man City too much space. I think they'll play in a relatively low block. We saw him with Chelsea and in the past with um, Manchester United as well in these big games. He does 
look to concede possession and um, kind of contain and counter. And I think that that will be their plan here. They'll try and go back to front quite quickly, up to Kane and Son. Uh, Bale might even get a shout here um, if they want to attack down the wings with pace. So they've got plenty of options um, and that probably will be their best way to go here. Um, Man City have really struggled, haven't they, against the teams that look to kind of sit quite deep and um, frustrate them. And it's no surprise, therefore, that Man City games have been quite low scoring. Um, the last five Premier League games have gone under two and a half, which is a real shocking statistic, really, for anyone who's been looking at City. Um, they're usually goal, goal getters, but not, not at the minute. Um, but you do have to give some respect to Pep for sorting out their defence. They were coming under a lot of pressure at the start of the season. Um, Ruben Diaz wasn't in, he wasn't fit, but since him and Laporte have kind of formed a partnership, I mentioned before that it's kind of gone under the radar a bit how good that they've been. Um, they've conceded just four goals in the last nine games. And, um, yeah, been really impressed with how they've set up defensively. But um, I think the prices are probably about fair. I think City odds-on are best left alone, to be honest, because it's not like they've their date has been unbelievable this season. Um, usually when they've gone through dry spells, their date has always stacked up quite well and um, they've kind of gone back to scoring plenty. But this season, it, it, they're nowhere near the top, really. Um, and the, the amount of big chances they're creating are a few and far between compared to previous seasons. So, yeah, I can't be having them at odds on. Um, Spurs, I think, will take a draw here, knowing Mourinho. Um, so I couldn't put anyone off Spurs with half a goal start on the Asian handicap. Uh, plus a plus three quarters if you can still get that. Um, I can understand that point of view, but I'm more inclined to oppose goals here. The goal line's at three on the Asian line, and unders is around one point nine five. Just so explain I'd, that to us, Tom. What the Asian goal line means there? Yeah, sure. So basically, um, if if you see under three goals on the Asian line, it doesn't mean that under two point five goals is the bet. So Basically, if you get zero, one or two goals, you do win your money. Um, you do make money from it. But if there's exactly three goals scored, then you get um, your stake returned. So the only way you actually lose money is if there's four or more goals, which is always nice. It's something that I look at quite a bit, these Asian lines, because it just gives you a bit more insurance on your side um, because the chances are there could, could well be three goals here. Um, knowing it is Man City and um, really you're going to expect four goals in this I I wouldn't so yeah I think that these kind of lines are always worth looking at when they're quite high it's always the case with Man City and if you'd have got against the high goal lines this season you'd have made a decent buck so yeah I, I think that that's probably a nice way in but I'm actually going to be a bit more creative and get a slightly uh, bigger price but um, kind of looking into the cards as well I'm going to go to Bet365's Bet Builder which I tend to do in these kind of games and you can actually get under four goals in the game and both teams to have over zero cards that's 21 to 20 so it's odds against which is a bit better than the 1.95 so here we get paid out 
um, if there is three or fewer goals, um, which just gives us even more on our side. But we, we are requiring a card for each team, which I don't think will be too much to ask for because Mike Dean has the whistle here, which is <laughs> a good thing. Um, obviously dished out uh, quite a few each in the Man United game against Arsenal of late. So it's always good for a card. He always has been. And um, knowing these two managers, uh, they'll go at it, hammer and tongs, I think. And um, cards could well be on the agenda. And they only need to get one each here um, for that to land alongside under four goals. So I was surprised that that was odds against, actually. Um, gets a, a bit more of a better price on our side. Um, but you are each. But yeah, um, rarely like that angle, but couldn't put anyone off the Asian goal line going unders. Um, but that 21 to 20 bet builder will be my main bet here. Um, just an, another point I was looking at um, Hyung Min Son for offsides. Um, the prices weren't really good when I was looking at his stats, to be fair. He's 13 to 5 for two or more um, with Coral. Um, but I was actually looking at his offsides uh, in all his games this season. It's only one game where he's been caught offside, and that was against Southampton. He picked up five offsides in that game. Um, but <laughs> to be fair, um, that's a Southampton side that play a really high line, and I do expect Man City to adopt something quite similar to that, given the way they play. And Spurs are likely to sit off, which will bring um, Man City out a bit. And they'll look, as I, as I expect them to do, kind of go back to front and look to get Son in one-on-one with a goalkeeper. So it was something I looked at, but the prices didn't quite stack up for me. Um, so probably one to wear and uh, see in another game for that. But yeah, the 21-20 to 20 bet builder will be my selection here, Matt. Like it. Um, will, over to you. Mike Dean, the referee. I guess you might have found something quite exciting for us to tuck into. Yeah, um, I was actually watching a UEFA documentary called The Man in the Middle, um, which has been doing the rounds a little bit on Twitter, I think. It's uh, really interesting. And that featured the uh, the Champions League meeting between these two two years ago, roughly, wasn't it, I think, which had so much VAR drama. Mm. Um, and yeah, obviously, so I kind of, I have looked at, at Dean in this um, and I, I'd be pro cards here as well. Um, I'll come to that play a little later. Um, you tease, yeah. <laughs> um, Spurs, yeah, Spurs look dangerous, don't they? But I do think they're quite they look unreliable as well at the same time. They've had those, they've been a bit unlucky at times with those draws against Newcastle and West Ham. Um, but they've also needed a lot of late winners to win uh, some of their games recently. Um, and all three of their last wins in the Premier League have been by, only by a single goal. Um, I think we talked about City Liverpool last week, and I kind of pointed that I just I, I do I did think that Liverpool were underrated there. Um, one of the only bets of mine on the last pod that actually won was that Liverpool <laughs> plus two handicap and and cards for City. But yeah, um, uh, I just yeah I don't know. City missed a pen obviously in that match. Probably could have won a bit otherwise. But they've now drawn three of their last five, um, and that has them six points off top, albeit with a game in hand. Um, scored just 10 goals in seven games yeah like like Tom was pointing to is super low for them um obviously Aguero is missing again from this meeting and there's probably reasons like that why why they're not scoring like they usually do but 
Uh, their XG is actually only suggested to be 11, so they've only got a deficit of one against that 10 that they've scored. Um, and their XG against is actually worse than eight other clubs in, in the league. So this gives them a worse like ratio than Spurs. Um, and yeah, basically exactly why I, I can't trust City at 1.8 quotes either. Um, I think Bale's obviously only played here and there so far. He looked good again, good for Wales again. I think he probably will start firing. He'll hit a bit of form at some point. Um, just looking as well at those meetings between these two last season, City won the shot counts 18-3 to and 30-3, to which is absolutely nuts that the fact that they inexplicably somehow just failed to win either of those matches. Um, Spurs scored four goals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so... Um, I maybe if Spurs do get something here, it might be more of the same. You know, they'll, they'll play they'll, with Mourinho. Obviously, they, that's the kind of result that you can obviously sometimes see see them see them getting when they don't really deserve it, or just just through sheer grit and and tactical kind of uh, approach to a match. But I I I basically look then towards goals um, as well. I actually thought that I kind of had a different opinion of it. I this would be fairly goal heavy. And I thought that over 2.5 at, at 8 to 11, uh, sorry, 8 to 13, I was expecting a bit shorter than that. There's obviously, I'm not going to tip for that. Um, but there have been, this meeting just has had quite a lot of goals. I was looking back through their whole uh, Premier League history and it's, it's 2.7 per game average, but that average has gone up in the last decade to 3.4 um, since the shake years. So it's been a bit of a, goal-laden um, encounter. Um, seven of those 20 games in the last decade have had have had five or more goals, and that is 4.8 at Bet Victor or 19 to 5. But I w- only really looked at that because it was a bit of a price play. It was, it was probably it was more like uh, 16 to 5 elsewhere. So if you're into to taking advantage, be a, a bit of a pricing error compared to the rest of the bookies. Then Bet Victor offering 19 to 5 on that might be a goer. Um, but yeah, I think I've been put off a little bit by what Tom has said as well, really. Um, and I got two other bets I prefer. Um, Ferran Torres scored a hat trick against Germany. Um, I think I pointed him out a couple of weeks ago as well and backed him for a goal, but he didn't get it. But I'll go in again. Um, another one, largely a price play. He's three to one to score anytime at bet 365, which is a fair few clicks bigger than anywhere else which is he's only 12 to 5 elsewhere so 3 to 1 on Ferran Torres to score anytime is one bet and another angle I like card related um, is Seth Aurier he's probably going to play because uh, Matt Doherty's out with a coronavirus positive test um, Aurier is the kind of player who said in the past in in in, uh, in press meetings he said like in these big meetings that he puts more pressure on himself. He's more aggressive in the game and I, because it has a different feeling about it. That's a direct quote from him. And um, obviously many players might say that kind of thing, but he is a bit hot headed um, career wise. He's carded in 21% of matches. A lot of that is in French football, but he has been sent off twice for Spurs as well. I think a lot of people have seen him being fairly aggressive in games. And, and Mike Dean is obviously a great appointment for that. Um, obviously playing against City better quality players up on the ball usually he'd probably be up against Sterling here but more likely to be Foden but he's still a good um, dribbler with the ball um, and yeah so he also played 
Um, Aurier played two games for the Ivory Coast. He was in Madagascar on Tuesday, which is not your <laughs> usual away day. So I think he'll be keen to to take this, take advantage of this and make sure he can try and get in ahead of Doherty a bit more permanently. Um, and with this five subs rule being binned as well for now uh, in the Premier League, I'm quite keen on player card bets again. I wasn't really very happy with that when, when we had five subs. Um, but yeah, I'll go for Aurier to be carded. I didn't mention the price. He's five to one um, at bet 365 as well. So for me, at that 21% of matches, that makes it about a half unit play from my staking system. So five to one Aurea to be carded and three to one Torres to score. Yeah, I like that. Some good shouts there. Um, okay, we're going to look at the big game in Europe. Uh, as usual, Tom put out a poll on his Twitter account to see which which game he wanted us to preview. Um, Atletico's game against Barcelona won the vote. Uh, I was hoping you guys were going to give us the opportunity to talk about Napoli and Milan, but no, we'll cover the La Liga game. Um, Atleti two to one at the Wanda. Barcelona just shy of six to four, around two point four six to win the game. Uh, Barca did sneak a one nil at the Wanda last season. Um, I just feel the gap between these two has closed quite a lot since that match. Uh, Barcelona were under Ernesto Valverde's charge in that game. They've been through the mill quite a lot, quite a bit since on and off the field. Uh, their best player this season, Fatty, is injured, uh, and arguably their best player, um, sorry, arguably their best player this season was Fatty, but um, obviously their best player, Messi, has been trekking around South America with the World Cup qualifiers as well. So um, obviously Luis Suarez is missing through COVID-related issues for Atleti, which is a bit of a shame. But uh, I just look at that team and think there's enough ability in there to grind out a result. Um, I actually made this a bit more of a pick'em than, than what the odds are saying. Um, odds are saying that Barcelona are quarter-ball favourites on the Asian handicap. I disagree, uh, but uh, that's my view. Um, I think my view is kind of backed up by by Tom's, but um, I'll come to you first, Will, because you were second there. So what, what's your thoughts on Atleti v Barca? Yeah, I'm I'm happy that this one's come through the poll. I love this fixture. I don't know what, what it is about it. Just a bit of theatre always in this tie. Um, really? I mean, I've, I've always looked forward to this game. It looks great on paper, but I'm sure yeah. the last three, four seasons when these two have played each other, particularly in Madrid, it's been absolutely dire. Yeah, maybe I've pushed that to the back of my mind, or maybe I prefer to just watch our football and or maybe there's loads of cards <laughs> exactly yeah yeah, yeah uh, i have got to play on that um <laughs> yeah so i looked as well straight away at this injury list and i think like i think that's probably is why you're right i agree with you that it should be more of a pick and atleti are probably a bit of value um but it probably is to do with the injuries um no busquets as well uh coutinho recovering from an injury so might not feature so probably means we're going to see Dembele or Pedri uh, for Barca and they've also I mean their PK and Longlet will be their back will be their centre-back partnership but if anything happens to either of those two they're without them Titi and Araujo as well so not much depth there for them right now but it's not as bad as how it is for Atleti with possibly no Costa no Herrera Carrasco Savic Suarez and Torreira as you mentioned with both of um I guess is it something related to Uruguay away fixture, uh, or with the with the South America qualifiers, um, and then no Vrishalko. So I, yeah, I'm gutted that Suarez won't play against his old team. Um, but I guess we do have Griezmann playing against his old team as well here, and there's plenty of dynamics between in this fixture. Um, without Costa or Suarez, it means there's no focal point really um, for Atleti. I expect we see. Felix, 
uh, Joel Felix probably playing a little deep. He's a, obviously usually plays behind those one of those guys, and I don't really imagine him leading the line properly. So maybe he'll be a bit of a false nine or something like that, and it'll just be a super crowded out Atleti midfield because um, they're basic. That's where their strength is really with, with Koke and Niguez and Correa and players like that. So um, yeah, I think that could be troublesome for Barca. Um, and it could make actually this game a bit boring as well, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, when we comes to when it comes to Barca, I think we were all in, everyone was impressed by the way they responded to that rubbish El Clasico with that two 0 win against Juve. Um, but since then, it's just then been a bit rubbish again. Um, they only managed a draw against Alaves, who I had down for a relegation, uh, and Alaves were down for ten to ten men as well for half an hour. Um, they survived a late scare against Dino Kiev in the Champions League. And then they did beat Betis um, 5-2, but there was also a red card uh, Betis in that game as well. So, And three of those goals that they scored came after that red. So I'm not really convinced by by much of that either. Um, Atleti, the only unbeaten team left in La Liga, only conceded two goals in seven games. It, it just there's a lot of things that would would make you think why are Barca favourites I guess um, especially I guess maybe home field advantage is reduced as well but um, yeah I, I would re- I would side with Atleti and they are eleven to ten plus off a scratch start on the Asian handicap um, so that's that would be one possible play but for me I think uh, Jao Felix to score any time is value and it looks like it's contracting in a, a lot of bookies. Um, because people are realising that Suarez is out and Costa is doubtful. He's 11-4 to four to score any time with Betfair and Paddy Power. Uh, scored in five of his last seven games for, for club and country and bagged the breaks in uh, in three of those games as well. He's he's also 17-1 to one, um, with Betvictor to score two or more goals, uh, which is a boost. And I expect that that price will hold, whereas I don't think the 18-1... The to one, uh, at Betfair and Paddy Power will hold as well, so that might be a play a, a little a little long shot in this fixture. Uh, I just think people will come to, come around to reading the squad news and and notice these things. But going over to the ref appointment, um, it's the ref it's the better of the two Manueras. It's uh, Manuera Montero, uh, who has better stats in all areas. So he's zero than the other Montero uh, Manuera. He's he's zero point two eight reds per game 0.38 pens per game and 5.53 cards per game which is all very high metrics um red card only currently being priced at william hill but that is seven to two and i don't think anyone will better that and i i make it about five to two based upon his his ref stats and uh and the team's card stats um on a penalty front i think the prices all look about right uh, i tried to look at the pen takers markets but it's pretty. It's pretty much a headache trying to work out um, Atletico's pen taker at the moment. Niguez and Felix both taking penalties, um, both missing penalties. So either one of those could take it. And the Barca price it's eleven to two for them to score a pen, um, whereas Messi to actually score a pen is much shorter than that. So uh, make of that what you will. So I think leaving the penalty markets alone. But I am keen on like a small play on a red card, um, as well as that though. I just looked at under Simeone uh, in 24 matches against Barca 
I will read out the number of cards Atleti have had game by game. Oh, <laughs> I'm excited. Four, four, five, six, five, three, four, five, five, four, four, nine, eight, five, ten, four, six, four, one. How boring. Six, <laughs> two, and six. 115 cards <laughs> in 24 meetings, which is 4.79 per game. That's um, amazing. It's ridiculous. And... Um, I mean, maybe I'm I'm going back to I'm looking at players like Canny being carded in 2014. So obviously there's, there's a bit of that's not much uh, kind of relevance to today's team necessarily. And we're without Diego Costa, who would probably be banker for a card. A couple of things like that. But uh, I, Barca are the third most fouled team uh, per game this season, 15.4. And obviously they're really they're always high up there on most fouled. Uh, Atleti are only committing the 12th most fouls, uh, which is 13.4. But Montero has a bit of a history referring at Atleti as well. In 2017-18, he gave them um, five yellows in one match and eight in another. Uh, and ge- in general, his average cards given to Atleti are about 3.2. Um, but obviously, the quality of opposition has an impact on that. And I, I think basically William Hill's price... Um, on Atletico over 3.5 cards and uh, over 0.5 Atletico cards in the second half because this, this is the bet builder market. Uh, the only way I could really get on it. So I've combined total cards over 3.5 with over 0.5 as well in the second half. Uh, and that is 15 to 8 at William Hill. So that's my main play. Nice. Um, let's move on to you then, Tom. What's your, what's your bet at the Wanda? Yeah, um, I'll get into the cards. I've got quite contrasting views, weirdly, with Will on that one. But um, I'll it's start. Yeah, no, it is. Um, but I'm, that won't be my main bet in the cards. My main bet will be kind of a, a classic bet to get Atletico on side um, alongside low goals. Um, just start with how... How kind of under the radar Atleti's run actually is. They've gone 23 games in La Liga without defeat, which is incredible, really. Uh, kept a clean sheet in five of the last six as well. It's kind of reverting back to classic Simeone here. I think that I think it was the start of last season. He promised uh, his team would be a, a bit more adventurous, and they tried it for a, a couple of weeks, and then they just went straight back to battening down the hatches been very defensive and quite dour um, and trying to nick games 1-0 and to be fair it's what they're good at so why should he revert away from that it does get them results and I completely agree with what you mentioned Mark that there's little or nothing between these sides I think that the fact how the prices are I don't really agree with it I'd, I'd have this more of a pick um, especially with Barca without Fatty and um, Busquets here Big blows, but they're um they're just a team that don't really convince me away from home. They didn't under Valverde last season and haven't really under Kuman either. Um, they are kind of really more reliant on Messi than they ever have been. Um, I think Suarez leaving to go to Atleti was a big blow. Griezmann's not hit anywhere near the standards that he did when he was at Atleti. Um, but yeah, we do mention their good record against. Atletico Madrid, they're unbeaten in 10 of the last 11, which really did surprise me because we've kind of come into the 
the years where Atleti have really been competitive in La Liga and in the Champions League as well. That is overall competitions, by the way. Um, so they they have got something over them, but um, I just think this Barca team is just going downhill. And we've, we've heard today Messi's come out again, moaning that um, all the pressure is falling on his shoulders. And it's a bit of a bit of a comedy sketch upstairs at Barca at the minute. So more than willing to get against them. Um, if we just look into the data as well, I, I was surprised that Atleti actually rank as a better side than Barca. Um, Atleti's expected goals ratio sitting at a strong 69% this season, second only to Real Sociedad, whereas Barca is 10% fewer, 59%. Atleti have the best expected goals against figures, as you'd expect, 0.73 expected goals against this season, whereas Barca is sitting at 1.3 on that same metric. So um, I think that. Atleti are the value here. Um, I'd want the drawn side, though. Uh, the money's kind of come a little bit, I think, for Atleti with a quarter goal start on the Asian handicap. Couldn't put anyone off that. But um, I've kind of delved into the bet builder yet again. Um, this time with William Hill. Actually got best price on their build your odds market. Um, on Atletico Madrid, double chance and under four goals in the match or under 3.5 goals in the match. 11 to 10, that is, with William Hill. I was surprised that that was odds against. Um, it really does appeal to me that um, you get a whole host of scorelines on your side, but I'd want the low scoring draws on side more than anything. Um, and given the prices on Atleti with a quarter goal start, if it's a draw, you're not making too much. So um, it's a really clever way to get in on them to avoid defeat in a relatively low scoring game. Um, so yeah, that'll be my main bet there, at eleven to ten. And uh, just moving on to the cards, I think we—I I presume that I've got the right Munera here. But um, this season he's been quite, quite dour really for cards. He's um, he's seen three point two five per game. Uh, admittedly, it's quite a small sample size, but I think that. Um, because it is behind closed doors I'm not sure it'll be quite as feisty as uh, ones in the past his average lifetime cards as Will mentioned is around 5.3-ish which is pretty strong but um, this season I I couldn't quite believe this stat Um, Atletico Madrid uh, have picked up the least cards in the the entire division Um, just 13 yellows no reds. Admittedly, they've just played seven games. Some teams have played as, as many as nine games. Um, Barca have seen 15 yellows and one red in their seven games. So both averaging around two cards per game, which is pretty pretty average, really, by La Liga standards, if, if not below average. Um, so I was looking at the card line, and it's 6.5, and the unders is 4 to 6, which was a bit short for me. But I, I quite like the 19 to 20, about under six cards on the Asian line. So basically, it works the same as, as what we mentioned before. If there's exactly six cards, we'll get our stake back. If there's any fewer than that, then we'll get paid out at 19 to 20. Um, just something that stood out. I thought I was tempted to go with the overs when I first looked at this fixture because it is quite a crazy head to head. But yeah, I think that. Given there's no fans here, um, it is still quite early in the season, so there's not as much riding on it. 
Um, I'd be tempted to kind of go against the grain there and back under six Asian cards, meaning that if there's seven or more, we'd lose. If, if there's any West, then we'll um, at least get our state back, if not win. Um, it is so, a yeah. high line, for sure. One of those games where one of those lines which you only see in these kind of fixtures hopefully we just get four for atleti and none for barca mate (laughs) exactly that'll be perfect won't it (laughs) yeah i think you both made very strong cases for your bets was that it was that it tom before i cut you off yeah yeah it's just them two but my main one there would be the atleti double chance and under three and a half odds against yeah, I like that one too. Um, good stuff. That's uh, the La Liga game on Saturday night, I think. Uh, Atletico, Atletico against Barcelona. Um, all right, let's move on. Almost time for, for the main bets. But uh, first, let's just catch up on who won our competition last time out. We had two winners, I believe. Uh, Sean Hip Hop had a two to one success. But uh, a massive shout out to Joseph H. Jones, who landed a 12 to 1 bet. Um, Betis to have 12 or more shots against Barcelona and Ren to have 12 or more shots against PSG in a double. Really superb stuff there, Joseph. So if you can, just uh, DM us on Twitter to claim your £20 prize. Congratulations and well done. Superb punting. Um, there's no competition this week, guys. Apologies on that. Uh, we will try and bring it back in the near future. But uh, yeah, let's move on. Business time. It's time for the the main bets of the show. So we'll start with the latter long shots before moving on to the next bests and naps. So Will, back to you. What's your long shot? Yeah, Uh, there was a lot of stuff going on in Norway over the weekend. Um, I don't know if (laughs) many people saw it. So I'm I'm heading back to Norway again for the third time on the podcast. uh, yeah, so basically what happened was, um, well, what's happened for the game I'm, I'm, I'm betting on here is Bodo, Bodo Glimt versus Strom Godset. Um, the Norwegian FA and Strom Godset have agreed to move the fixture back from 2 p.m. on Sunday to 5 to 7 p.m. on Sunday night. Uh, so, so now the eyes of the nation are all going to be on this game, um, largely because if Bodo win this, they win the league, they win their first elite Syrian title. Um but also, the, yeah, just in general, the reason why that uh, fixture has been moved back is because the health ministry uh, forbid the national team to get on their chartered flight to Romania in the Nations League last weekend. Um, and just due to a positive um, coronavirus test of one of the members of the squad, and they put the whole squad into quarantine. Uh, and that included two Bodo Glimt players, uh, Marius Lerder, and I forget the name of the, the other guy. Um, but yeah, the, even the Norwegian Prime Minister Erna Solberg was uh, commenting on this and saying how the Norwegian national team can't have separate rules to the rest of the nation. So, uh, so the fix has been moved back. Um, so it's all, all eyes are going to be on this. Um, actually, uh, there was probably another little viral thing that a lot of people might have seen was it was because uh, basically with this the fact that this whole the whole Norwegian squad was in quarantine, they needed to field a team for their fixture against Austria uh, last night. Um, so there was a vid going around with uh, Ruben Gabrielson, who plays for Tulu at centre-back. Uh, him was running around in his living room with his Norwegian passport, coming to the rescue with a cape on. Uh, so it was, it was quite entertaining. And they, they were literally seconds away from uh, clinging on to a victory uh, against in Austria, um, which would have seen them promoted to the Nations League uh, A group for the next... For the next season uh, until Gerbic scored in the 94th minute 
to break their hearts. And they were they were as big as 16 to 1 to win that match, which was absolutely crazy. So loads of drama there. Um, but back to back to why <laughs> why I think Bodo glimped uh, and Strom Scott has a good long shot in it. Um, a lot of it is to do with the fact that, that Bodo Glimp will win the league if they win this game. So there's huge um, incentive for them here. Um, but at the same time, uh, Strom's Godset have got a massive um, task on their hands. And now the fact that this, this game's moved back a few hours, they will know what has happened in the games uh, with Start and with um, Mion Darlin, who are both in and around them. Um, so there's six games left in the Norwegian uh, league season. And yeah, basically last weekend or the last game week uh, was the, the Dramen derby between Mion Darlin and Godset. Um, and Mion Darlin just made light work of them 3-0. Um, and I'd, I'd pointed out actually as well, and I think my long shot recently was Mion Darlin to, to, to somehow, I can't remember how it was, but I was supporting them against Berda. Um and they didn't manage it, but they they've they've definitely improved a lot. And Godset are really struggling. They're on an awful run. They haven't won in ten. Um, so they they even though this game would look beyond them, I think that they're going to have to go all out to try and get something out of it still. Uh, so I think it's going to be quite end to end. Godset will not have uh, much chance beating Buda in a possession based game. So they're going to have to break quickly and rely on set pieces here. Um, and so that so with that I like corners here because Berda averaged 6.3 per game which is the fourth highest and Godset concede the second most in the league at 6.2 um, and like I said basically I think Godset will have to rely on something like that to, to, to get anything out of this fixture uh, but I'm also combining this with um, Berda to win the game and over four goals um, so I'll recap on 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 that uh, that bet in a second but basically 12 of Berda's last 23 wins in all competitions have had um, have had five or more goals in the match, which is which is crazy. Um, and yeah, I did oppose Berda a couple of weeks ago with Mjondal, and like I said, um, in the reverse fixture, uh, Godset actually did all right in Berda in August. It was 3-2 to, to Berda. And so another, fi- another result like that wouldn't really surprise me too much. Um, and with the eyes of the nation on here, there's... Berda have had a couple um, wobbles recently. They they only beat Christensen 3-2. They lost 4-2 to Mulder. These kind of scorelines are something I'm expecting here. Uh, Godset, obviously, not very good at the back. Uh, Berda could could win the league tonight uh, on Sunday night. So I'm going for Berda to win over four goals and over eight corners, which is, this is not like me to tip a bet like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I just fancy a really uh, entertaining match. And I obviously got to beat the 7-2 to two uh, price that we need to for for a long shot. So that's fifteen to four for Berda to win over four goals and over eight corners at Bet three six five. Yeah, it's not it's not a bad price at all for arguably one of Europe's most entertaining teams this season. Bode glimped. Uh, Tom, your long shot. Yeah, something a bit different for me as well. Um, it, it's not something that I usually go into this, um, but it is a matchup that did intrigue me. It's the Leeds versus Arsenal game. Uh, this weekend and I've dipped into the player props market and I've actually gone into the offside market and I mentioned that earlier uh, with Hyungmin Son but there's there's one that really did stand out at uh, an 8-1 to one shot this is um, and it's Aubameyang for Arsenal to have two or more offsides 
That's with Coral and Ladbrokes if you use their little bet builder uh, player player stats option on there. You can get 8-1, to one, which looks really good. Um, Arsenal have been caught offside um, the second highest amount of times this season. I think it's just Manchester United who are higher than that. And under Arteta, they've been much more focused on counter-attack um, rather than actually dominating the ball. Um, we've seen that the touches inside the box are very low, but that's just because they play in their own half for the majority of the time and try hit teams on the break and uh, be clinical, which they have been, to be fair, looking at their data. Defensively, they have been better, but um, usually you'd, you'd think that you'd, your more attacking sides would pick up more offsides. It's not really the case because if you just look at... Um, Teams like Wolves, for example, who um, play in a quite similar formation and they're quite deep and they'll try drag teams out and then hit them on the break with a space in behind. Um, they, them kind of teams get more offsides than a, a team who is attacking against a low block because it's so there's not there's no real space in behind them. Um, so I'm looking at this game and Arsenal. I think they will concede possession against Leeds. Leeds have been very, um, very attack-minded this season. It's not really worked in every single game, but it's been fun to watch. Um, it especially didn't work against Leicester last time out, where they were just torn to shreds. Um, but it, it can work now and again. But I just look at the defence and the individuals in that defence, and I do worry about them. Um, they leave a lot of gaps between the centre-halves and the full-backs, from what I can see as well. Um and that's kind of where Bamiang's going to be looking to get in on that left-hand side. And I think Arsenal, again, will kind of do similar to what I expect Spurs to do this week and then go back to front quite quick if they can and try hit a Bamiang. Um, just looking at a Bamiang himself, he's been offside 0.8 times per game this season on average. Um, he did This bet did land against Manchester City, who were the most kind of offensive team that they've played against. I think Leeds are probably the second most offensive looking at the teams that they've played against. So um, I could see that landing again here. Um, one offside is around uh, five to four, which isn't a bad player. That's landed in five of his eight this season. Um, but I, I'm willing to chance two just because he will be probably the most uh, forward-thinking player, even if he is out wide. Um, and I, I can just see them trying to cut through Leeds' defence like they did, uh, like Leicester did a fortnight ago. So, yeah, really do like this angle. Um, considering the Son angle is 13-5 to 5 for him to have two offsides, and he averages um, less than a Bamiang. Um, yeah, two offsides for a Bamiang at 8-1 to one against Leeds looks like a really interesting play at a big old price. So, yeah, that'll be my long shot. Nice one. You've been in fantastic form with your long shot this season and that looks uh, a good case well made. So um, let's move on to the next best, uh, not your nap, your next best. I'll stay with you for Tom. I'll stay with you, Tom, for this one even. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go into Scotland, north of the border. Um, and it's really backing against a team that are rubbish in Hamilton. Um, <laughs> really, really struggled. They've always been priced up as the, the favourites for rele- relegation in Seasons gone by and they kind of defied the odds. Usually because at home they've they've got a plastic pitch there, which does does help them give them a bit of an advantage. But 
this season they've been nothing short of abysmal. Um, lost nine of twelve. They've also lost two cup games against lower league opposition um, in Stranra and Annan. We were, I don't even think either of them are in the championship. So really embarrassing. Uh, Brian Rice, the manager, has come under a lot of pressure from the fans and. They're just shipping goals for fun. Uh, conceded 33 in 12 games this season. Um, they've not really looked to have too much going forward either. And they're, they have to travel to a Dundee United side that have picked up um, quite a bit since the start of the season. They did a quite a shaky start. But um, they've been really solid at the back. Uh, they conceded just one goal in the last five games of Dundee United. Um, four clean sheets in that time of course so really like what they're doing uh, they're fifth in the table at the minute and if you take out uh, their games against the old firm so Rangers and Celtic they've actually posted a lost two drew five won five record which is really strong and um, they always produce decent players up there and I think they'll have way too much quality against this Hamilton side so Dundee United to win a three to four which is it really did stand out to me. I thought they'd be four to six, if not shorter here. Um, but you can get them odds against 21 to 20 with Boyle Sports and Betway to win and under 4.5 goals in the match. And that'll be my bet here. Um, they've beaten the, the kind of rubbish teams in the league this season. They beat Motherwell when they were um, in quite poor form. They beat St Mirren, who were another struggling side, and they've beat Ross County twice already this season. And Hamilton are, are worse than probably all them teams. Are, well, that's what the table says anyway. So, yeah, I d- I'm not expecting a barrage of goals, but I do expect Dundee United to win. And I can't see Hamilton scoring more than one goal, that's for sure. So, more than happy to bump up the price to odds against for them to win an under 4.5 goals. So, that'll be my next best. Nice. Yeah, the Ackies are very much struggling this season in the Scottish Premiership. Uh, over to you then, Will, for your next best. Yeah, my next best is uh, at Anfield. Uh, I mean, I think that Liverpool were even still somehow underrated now, even when they're at full strength. Uh, so the same is going to go for me, even if they're under strength. I think they're still underrated. Um, seen that rid- ridiculous, uh, well, it's not a meme, I don't know, just image going on going around about the Premier League um, home unbeaten runs. 63 matches Liverpool were unbeaten in. The next best, conveniently for the next best, mm-hmm. uh, in the Premier League is three games unbeaten at home, which is just absolutely <laughs> mad. So 60 matches more unbeaten than anyone else in the league. Um, and obviously they've got a huge amount of injuries here. Uh, but I still think almost even money on Liverpool to be Leicester is just is a massive price and overreaction. Uh, front three is still likely to be Mane, Firmino and, and Jota, um, which I mean people have been talking about Jota being interchangeable for Salah almost in terms of, well, they've more been comparing him to Mane, but he's of that, of almost of that ilk. Um, and it looks like Robertson will feature after there was a bit of a worry about him being out as well. I just think as well, like a midfield free of Milner, Vinaldum, and Henderson is very solid and just a testament really to the to the depth of their squad. Um, so yeah, they opened up at four at four to seven to win this, and they're now almost as big as evens. Um, there will be weaknesses, well maybe not weaknesses, but weaker 
players at the back with Nico Williams and Nat Phillips um, on the right side uh, of that back four. And I'm sure Leicester will get some joy against them. But um, uh, yeah, I, I just, I, I've been quick to cite Leicester as winning penalties um, in previous podcasts. I think we, we had that 17-2 to two on them scoring one against City, which came in and scored three or whatever it was. Um, but yeah, they've won eight already this season. And that goal tally would look very different without that. And thankfully for Liverpool's sake, Chris Kavanagh is the ref and he has the lowest pens per game of any any referee in the Premier League, uh, only 0.12 per game lifetime. And Liverpool have only conceded three penalties in the last 46 Premier League matches. So doesn't really show much chance of a penalty for Leicester if that was how they were going to try and get into the game or if that was going to help them get into the game. Um, and I just, yeah, I mean... I would probably say they shouldn't be four to seven to win the match, Liverpool. Um, but I would probably still put them more like seven to ten or eight to eleven. Um, so, so nineteen to twenty on them winning at William Hill uh, just looks too big to me. Yeah, I think you've got two heads uh, alongside you, sort of nodding with approval in terms of Liverpool and their price. Uh, I think it's been a, a huge overreaction. Yes, they're missing four very influential players at both ends of the field, but you look at the proposed 11 that could be fielded against Leicester and it's it's still very, very strong, the Anfield factor. And you mentioned the Leicester penalties. I think if you strip out the penalties or actually if you include the penalties even, 44% of Leicester's XG output this season have come from penalties. And wow, yeah. Strip them out and it's about 1.01 XG per game in terms of non-penalty XG. Uh, it's not great from Leicester. I know they've been... They've been pretty good in parts and they will cause Liverpool plenty of problems on the counter-attack and in transitions mm. with, with Vardy and Barnes. But a price is a price at the end of the day and close to even money. Uh, yeah, it's not for me really. Sorry, it is for me. <laughs> I massively approve of that. Um, all right, the best part of the show is the naps. Tom, back to you for your best bet of the weekend. Yeah, I completely concur with the, the Liverpool shout as well. That, that was another one on my angle. Um, but I'm actually going to go into League Two. One of my favourite teams for um, goals this season has been Carlisle United. Um, they've been brilliant. They've been very attack-minded on the Chris Beach this season. I think that kind of said in pre-season that they're going to be uh, changing the style. Carlisle I'm, in the past haven't been known for quite offensive football, but yeah, they've, they've really altered um, the formation and the style under him to be... Uh, just to look to get as many shots off as they can. Um, they actually rank top for shots in League Two this season. Um, 9.7 shots in the box on average as well, which is incredible, really. Um, it also means that their, their XG ratio is right up there too. So they've been really good, um, but they've not quite convinced at the back as well. Uh, so they're away at Crawley this weekend and Crawley actually surprised me at how well they've done. I think that they've they've been especially good at home. Um, I think they've won four of five and drawn the other one, uh, scoring 2.4 goals per game on average at home. So really surprised at how well they've done. They've got a, another striker in Max Watters who's um, really impressed since he's come in. He's in fine form as well. Could be good for a goal against a leaky Carlisle defence. Um, so yeah, the bet is both teams to score, which is four to five. That's available with William Hill, Bet365, Betfair, a few firms actually uh, go four to five. And 
it's landed in eight of the last nine um, Carlisle games, so I don't really understand it. Um, just looking at how both teams like to play, and I expect it to be quite an open game. And I always think about in in these kind of League Two games, if this was a Bundesliga game with these stats or a Premier League game with these stats, this would be four to seven, and we're getting four to five. So it pays to delve deep into these. Uh, third and fourth divisions, you get the best prices in League Two. I, I seem to find on both teams to score, and it all kind of adds up. So I'm surprised you can get 1.8 about that. I make that a really strong nap this weekend. Uh, both teams to score four to five: Crawley versus Carlisle. Strong nap, like it. I think you're. You mentioned the Crawley record. I think they're actually unbeaten at home under John Yemes's tutorship. So right. yeah, they're very decent. Uh, in Sussex. Um, over to you then, Will, for your favourite fantasy of the weekend. Yeah, um, mine's in the Swansea-Rotherham uh, match. Interesting Sexy. stat. Yes, <laughs> interesting stat to start off. Uh, there are 11 teams, that's 46% of the championship, that have conceded equal to or less than a goal a game. Uh, so that doesn't really say too much about how exciting the championship has been so far this season. Which just as let's I just say, say it's sexy. been close. Yeah, as you say, exactly. <laughs> um, in comparison to other English leagues, obviously the Premier League is ridiculous. There's not a single team that have conceded uh, less or equal to uh, a goal a game. Uh, and then in League One and League Two, there is a fair few more, but it's 38% of teams rather than 46. But basically, just trying to paint a picture at how low scoring the championship is at the moment. Um, uh, yeah, so so that's one angle that I'm coming at this match from. Um, Steve Cooper doing really well at Swansea in the last year and a half. He's been there, and they've obviously done very well to to keep things up without without Ryan Brewster um, this season. Still going very strong. Um, and on the other side, Paul Warren for for Rotherham did a great job um, finishing runners up in League One last season getting them back in the championship. But they're, they're a bit of a yo-yo team between the second and third tier now. Um, and it just seems uh, anything beyond that just seems a little bit beyond, uh, unattainable for them, really. You have to go back to 1982 for the last time they finished in the top half of the second division, um, or one of the only times ever, actually. Um, since then, their best is 15th in, in the championship in 2003, and they've never been in the top flight. Uh, and I think it looks like another season of maybe a relegation scrap, maybe just about 15th, 16th or somewhere like that. But um, Rotherham have only won three in 11, one of which was against struggling Wickham. The other in the Yorkshire derby against the uh, Shepherd Wednesday, uh, where Wednesday had 10 men since the 39th minute. So both two, two of their wins have been largely nothing that would um, necessarily inspire me to to be following them from a betting perspective. Uh, they did beat Preston last time out. Um, but if you go to Swansea instead, they're a lot more impressive. Um, their XG uh, 4 is 17. Rotherham's is only 12. Um, their XG against for Swansea is only 8, where Rotherham's is actually 16. They've conceded... A, they've, their XG against for Rotherham is 16, but they've only conceded 12. So um, they're doing a little bit better than maybe they should be even for Rotherham. Um, but overall total, the XG would point at 2.4 goals for this match, um, whereas the actual stats would say only 1.9. Both pretty low, pretty low numbers. Um, and I'm just I'm siding with Swansea. Um, like I said, more than 
more than four goals really looks a stretch um, for this for this fixture. Um, and I'd, I'd just like to boost uh, the quotes of eight to 11 on Swansea. Um, you can add Swansea to win and under five goals at Bet365 is 19 to 20. Um, Swansea haven't scored more than two yet this season. Uh, and Rotherham have only scored two twice. So just seems like a low scoring game, but one that Swansea should be winning. Um, so that's my nap. And I do just have a little side note on this fixture actually as well. Uh, Donahue is the ref, 4.71. He's the highest cards per game of any championship ref. And interestingly, Rotherham are committing the most fouls per game of any second tier side, uh, 15.8 per game. And Swansea are also top six uh, for that for that stat, 13.2 fouls per game. And they're also actually also both in the top nine of fouls drawn. Um, so it looks like from both sides that they'll uh, there'll be quite a few fouls. And with a ref that's high for cards per game, uh, you can get uh, 40 plus bookings is 11 to eight. Um, at Skybet, um, and 50 plus is 11 to 4. So just two other extra side plays on this. Uh, but my main my main bet will be Swansea to win and under five goals at 19 to 20. Yeah, good case. Can certainly get on board with that one as well. Nice one, Will. Um, okay, guys, um, before we go, any other business you'd like to share? Any other bets you haven't mentioned that you'd like to get off your chest? Now's your time. Yeah, there is from me, mate. Um... I'm just looking in Scotland yet again, and there's a bet that is actually landed in 100% of these teams' respective home and away games, and it comes in the St. Johnston versus Motherwell game. And if you've been wanting entertainment and goals, you've you've been going to the wrong place if you've been going to Perth and St. Johnston um, <laughs> this, this season. Actually, under, under one and a half goals has landed in four of the five. The other game was a 2-0 defeat against Celtic. So, yeah, really, really shocking. And they're at home against Motherwell this weekend on Saturday. And um, Motherwell away games have um, also been relatively dour. And the bet, actually, that appealed to me, I very rarely go into this market, but I can't really turn it down. It's 9-10 to with Bet Victor, or 1.9. And it's if you choose no in the both teams to score column, usually we just say both teams to score and back the yes, but no, so both teams not to score. Uh, it could be 1 0, 0 0, whatever. As long as one team doesn't score, we win our bet. It's actually, as I mentioned, it's, it's landed in all of St. Johnston's home games, and it's also landed in all of Mugwell's away games, so 10 out of 10. Be there. Um, that was vying for that material, but it's not really my style to back both teams to score. No, you're kind of watching that game through your fingers, but um, the stats do back it up, so that one really did appeal. Um, and just two two players I like for a card in the Premier League this season, uh, this weekend, in fact, is Matt Target for Aston Villa there against Brighton, the 3 p.m. game on Saturday. He's 13 to 2 with Bet365 for a card. Picked up two cards already this season. Likes to um, get stuck in. He seems to miss time quite a lot of his challenges as well. He'll be up against Tariq Quanti, who's absolutely lightning for Brighton. Um, he's actually seen four players pick up cards against him, uh, three left backs this season. So 13 to 2 just look way too big there. 
Um, and the other one is Reese James for Chelsea. He's a right back up against Newcastle this weekend, uh, likely to be up against Alan San Maximan, who's right at the top of the tree when it comes to fouls against. Um, and he's six to one for a card. So two big priced fullbacks there for a card, both with bet three six five. And how about an extra bonus long shot for you? Bang them both in a double, fifty one to one. Cool. A bit of that. Big price, like it. Anything from your end, Will? Yeah, just quickly, um, I forgot to mention on the Swansea game, actually, that one of the key things was the fact that Swansea XG ratio first in the championship against 18th for Rotherham. So that was one of the one of the key ways in with that one. Uh, and just Preston's game against uh, Wednesday. Um, yeah, they're again, this season, they're just they're getting penalties like crazy. They've got four in 11 outings so far this season. Um I did look at pen takers for them. Daniel Johnson and Scott Sinclair have rotated a little bit, though. Usually it is Johnson, but there's not much value, not much actionable value in, on him. But I do just like the 4-1 to one on Preston uh, to be awarded a penalty. Um, Wednesday uh, conceded the sixth most last season with eight, and they've also conceded one already this season. And, and yeah, Preston had the most pens in the championship last season with 11 and, have had, and are already at the top of the charts again this season with four. So... I think that four to one is a little bit of a price and same thing I had been following with Lincoln. I won't do it this weekend, but that price is starting to come in on Lincoln. They're now only 10 to three. So I think Preston's one will move that way too. I just uh, hasn't probably hasn't won as many times this season as, as Lincoln's has. So there's still a bit of value on it. And that's why I call you the penalty professor, Will. Uh, <laughs> coming up with some cracking stats as always. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate your time and your efforts and your insight, which you've shared with the gang. Um, I hope you guys listening have enjoyed it too. It's been a long show tonight, but um, hopefully plenty of goodness ahead of the weekend. And best of luck with all your bets. We'll be back again next week. So thanks very much to you, Tom. Cheers, Matt. And also to you as well, Will. Thanks a lot, Mark. Good stuff. This has been the We Love Betting Weekend Preview Podcast. Thank you all and chat soon. Bye.